Hey, I'm Danny Belvin. And I'm Danica Brown. And we're biracial unicorns. And uh, yeah, we had live journals. Stop judging me. Man, live journal. <laughs> oh, live journal. I was, was in so, deep. You were really, I think you were like one of the very first people I ever knew that had a live journal. And I thought it was like the coolest thing. I didn't know anybody in person who had a live journal when I had one. And then I made the biggest mistake of my life when I convinced everyone I knew to start getting live mm-hmm. journals because then you it did totally changed us. the live journal experience. <laughs> was it too live? <laughs> was it too live for you? <laughs> it was too live for me. I liked it better when it was like just these hundreds of friends who I didn't know <laughs> in person. <laughs> yeah. uh. And I think that's the thing. Oddly enough, I was just Snapchatting with one of my old Live Journal friends <laughs> the other day. Wow, Danny. That's classic nerdum. I know. She she posted this really awesome video. I guess they were filming yet another adaptation of a Christmas carol across the street from uh. her house or her work. She lives in England. She's American, but she married an English guy. She lives in England now. And so she posted it. It just blows my mind that there's places that just look like that in England. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. and then I, I mentioned to her that I was going to that part of the world and she got really excited it was like we might be able to meet in person (laughs) that would be so cool like i'm so excited i mean i'm also selfishly excited because then i get to see you but like if yeah i get to share you as well or whatever (laughs) (laughs) but she's totally right i knew her before i knew you but i've never met her in person which i'll accept that's fine (laughs) (laughs) That is so crazy, like, in this world. But uh, but I've known so many people who are just like, I have known this person, and we have a deep, deep relationship, and I have never met them. Like, I don't think I have a a friendship like that, that I'm like, I would call them friend, but we have never met Mm. in real life. Like, I'm actually, I'm kind of, I don't know if I'm envious. I'm more, like, in awe of people who can sustain that kind of relationship i don't know yeah but it goes perfect with our topic today it does i have a handful of of internet friends from from those days of live journal and makeout club and all that early social media who have i've followed through the various social media platforms because obviously (laughs) i don't use those anymore we're friends on facebook or instagram or snapchat now but i met them initially through something else so it's kind of weird the internet's really weird you loyal you are so loyal girl (laughs) it's hot it's hard to break into the shell but then once you're there you're in deep (laughs) it's a very mafia like kind of Love friendship, and I'm totally okay with being all in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so you're oh right, though. Goodness. It does go with our our topic this week. Our topic this week actually comes from a listener, so thank you, Nicole, for the topic. This week we'll mm-hmm. be talking about this idea of online persona versus in person actual living breathing physical person so what's the difference between that that physical person and then the social public online persona this uh, this one is one of those things it's so relevant isn't it uh-huh do you have like an online persona Tamika aside from Tamika of social media do you have like a, <laughs> an alter ego Girl, actually, I kind of, I really wish I did. I am way too, I'm so basic that like, I don't even think I would be entertaining enough to have an online persona, but I, it's one of those things of like, I low key kind of wish I had like the Matsi, like the cojones to do it, but I really don't. But I think on some end we all kind of do, but I don't, I don't know. That might be too metaphysical or whatever. I mean, do you, do you, have you? Are you like DJ Danny on the mic? Like, do you have like a whole other thing that I don't know about? Well, I mean, I, I read it. I'm on Reddit. And so I don't use my my actual name on Reddit. 
But I mean, it, it's not like a role that I play, I guess. It's just me, just anonymously. Mm. I did for, for many years use a different name online, but mm. I think it was still me. And it was very close to my actual name, so it wasn't <laughs> that, that, that different. I think that's actually quite popular. People will kind of go by another name, per se, or something kind of like sassy, but I don't think it's not quite the level of alter ego. Like, that's a very fine line. But I think there is something to say about, like, I think we all do have a persona, whether it's fully realized as an alter ego or as something else, because what I probably portray online is not mm-hmm. A hundred percent representative, representative of who I am in my everyday, right. in real life. But I don't think that's a malicious thing. I don't think, I don't think that's something we even realize we're doing consciously. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I actually, I was thinking about this a little bit, and I think I am more my authentic self in the podcast than I am on social media. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because it's these conversations and it's me saying things that's the difference. But on social media, you know, it's it's such a snippet of your life and it's mm-hmm. the pictures you choose to post or as you mentioned before recording, the pictures we choose not to post, right? Yes. It's a big part of, exactly. of social media. And so much of it now is is memes and, <laughs> you know, not even oh, things that just, we're creating, just things we find that resonate with us that we post. So it's, while it is like, can feel very personal in that way, I don't think it, it's that personal reflection in the same way that me speaking the words, it feels much more authentic, I suppose, than me posting a meme, even if the meme like really speaks to me. <laughs> That's the thing too. We're only presenting how we want to be perceived. Like I mm. want it's a, whether it's like political or my humor or a movie or, you know, I'm nerdy. Like you're like, this is almost like, I always feel we're our own personal kind of like manager or, you know, media set person of like, is this on brand? I feel like we're constantly searching with especially with things like like memes and words on screens and photos like is this on brand is this something i would post to where i want to Mm. be perceived a certain way it's funny when a lot of things like even racially social justice wise if like an alien or some weird being came down and only saw this only saw my profile or only watched these movies what would they think of me what would they think of the world and i think if someone completely foreign came and saw my profile they would think i'm just a person who is obsessed with their kid which i mean she's cute and to be fair (laughs) um, yeah she's flipping cute who's obsessed with their kid probably travels all the time and loves to eat now are those like aspects of me Yes, but me as a realized person, no, they would actually miss me completely on some many, many levels. But but that's the thing. I only post things that are, you know, in quotation marks on brand, you know? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I post a lot of cats. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. Like, your love of cats is important, but it's like, if someone came down and been like, tell me who Danny is, if they had to do a book report on you and only look through your social media page, you know, they would think you're an Asian girl who loves cats. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's true. It's true that that would be what people think. And what I think is particularly interesting about that is I don't think that's how any of the people who are closest to me would describe me. Like, yes, I love cats, but I don't mm-hmm. think it would be like in the top five qualities that they would name about me right i hope not i don't i guess now you need to ask she a cat lady who loves tortillas (laughs) (laughs) she's married to a white guy she has purple hair it'd be like basic basic (laughs) yeah i find i tend to be shy isn't the right word reserved i'm kind of a reserved Mm -hmm. person and Social media isn't 
you can't be reserved really on social media. If you're posting anything, it doesn't feel reserved, right? So mm-hmm. that in and of itself is an interesting dichotomy, right? And I've seen it with other reserved people who I know in person. Is I feel like, oh, when they post online, they seem like an entirely different person because oh, I'm yeah. not used to seeing them expressing things openly in person. Well, it's a, it's that mixture of like on one hand for people who are a bit more reserved, they actually get a little bit of that freedom, mm. you know, where they actually have that space, especially if like, like my husband, when we're in big conversation, he won't cut somebody off. He just won't. He's just like that kind of person. He's gotten better. I've been like, I need to make a point. These people are talkers. I better jump in like an evil game of devil Dutch, you know. I got to mm-hmm. just jump in, um, especially being married to me. But <laughs> for other people who are just like, you know, I want to either be invited into a conversation, I want to be addressed, but they might not ever get that or they don't feel comfortable jumping in. This is a great platform. But on the other hand, I do think there are people who use it as an excuse to kind of go and buck wild. And I, I also do think, you know, with age, like, it's so funny. I like, I cringe at what I used to post on social media now. And I feel like I'm so much more conservative of like what I put, not in the content of like how much I post and what I post. Like I'm just very conscious of how far of reach our material can go out there and who Mm -hmm. has access to it. Like no matter what people say, you know, the powers that be have so much access to it. And when you're trying to control how you are being perceived and watched I mean, it just feels like a full-time job. So I think I'm just so picky and I feel more skint of what I put on there. When I think when I was a bit younger, I would, you know, it's raining today. I'm feeling like to go in a takeout today. Like no one cares. And we we talked about that beforehand. Like people want to know about your life, but they also really don't want to know about your life. Yeah, I hear that. I think for most people in our generation, it has gone, it seems like a lot of people have gone kind of the route that you're talking about, reining it in a little bit more and being a little less out there with everything. That's most people. But I think there's a few people who are on the other end that now just post every single thing about their life, share about a million memes every day. I'm a little... I am both like impressed and worried uh, for those yes. people. Oh yeah, totally. Like, and it's a both thing. Cause there's definitely like one or two people. I only follow them because their meme game is on point. Mm-hmm. Like, like I live for their memes. Like they, they're a highlight of my day and I don't know how they find them. Just keep them coming. Like supply me with hilarious memes. But on one hand, I'm like, how are you eating? Like, what else are you doing? Because I don't even feel like I keep up with our social media stuff well enough, much less like that constant flow of content, you know, like I'm really impressed, but like you said, also like really concerned. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's the balance of living both online and person and finding your authentic self in both of those mm-hmm. <sighs> sounds weird to be like both of those mediums oh, <laughs> but I they know. kind of are it's different mm-hmm. ways of expressing yourself different places to express yourself oh, which yeah. is i think quite lovely on one hand but also quite frightening oh yeah well that's why i feel like even like with we talk a lot about like facebook and things and even snapchat but i feel like the one battleground of social media and content is Instagram because it is, I mean, it, you don't even have, you only have so many characters really, but it is based upon physical. Like it's based mm. upon graphics. It is based upon photography. That is its sole purpose. People stopped going on Facebook because they got tired of people and emotions and articles and agendas really to where in the first stages of Instagram, it was like, I would literally hear people like, I just want to see people's cute babies, their cute pets, and food. Like, I just can't handle Facebook, even Twitter. Like, I can't handle Twitter and all the news. I'm just, I just Instagram now. But I feel like that has been one of a very, like, amazing platform. But like you said, also very dangerous because we've now kind of got to that point where people are starting to do some really crazy things for likes and for shares. And it's created 
these people of influence within this medium. And it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah, I remember. Well, one, I'm definitely in that boat of moving to Instagram. Like I had had an Instagram for a while and then deleted it and then started Instagram again because I was tired of Facebook. And it wasn't so much what people were saying or necessarily the fact that it was people sharing articles. But I think what I originally liked about Facebook was it was all, and here I go into my Reddit speak, it was all original content, right? Like everything was created by the poster. It was like, I'm eating sushi for lunch, or here's a picture from my vacation. That's somewhat interesting to me. I love the idea that social media are these little windows into other people's experiences. I think that's cool. Yeah, totally. When Facebook became sharing memes, sharing articles, ranting about whatever, I was less interested (laughs) in it. Mm -hmm. So many reposts of things I had already seen either on Reddit or on Facebook. And just, it was boring. So I moved to Instagram because it was, once again, a lot of original content. It was just pictures from people's lives. But now Instagram is turning into like meme zone. And I, mm. like, I'm not going to lie. I love the memes. Like, I mm. share memes, not on, like, my personal account, but I'll send them via DMs to mm. people. I don't know how sustainable it is. I'm going to get bored of that, too. I think the beauty of social media, even going way, way back to live journal and makeout club these early social media platforms what i really liked about it was it seemed like a way to learn about other people's experiences and connect mm. with people based off of that it was very human right it and was. that's what i liked and i think social media has become less and less human and more and more curated branding like you said, it's it's yeah. like everything's on brand. You're building this personal brand. It is. It's all about this personal hustle now. Like it's kind of like, and this is a really weird example. Like as a as like a mom, especially if you're like your stay at home mom, you meet other stay at home moms, and it's really hard to make friends. And then you actually mm. get someone like be like, hey girl, why don't you come over for like some coffee? And of course, like inside awkward me is like, oh my gosh, I actually might make a friend. And then you come over to their house and they're just totally trying to tell, like, sell you something. Right. It's like the most heartbreaking thing, by the way. Don't do that to people. <laughs> We're sensitive. Um, but that's what it feels like on, on Instagram, especially like you're going in and they're like, Oh, what is this person? Is this art they're creating? And it turns out they're just trying to sell shoes. Like, you know, or they're just trying to like, you know, build like a following, even the, the language of Instagram and even social media. It's like, it's a following. It's a feed. It's a very kind of carnal, culty type language that we use in order to kind of like build people up. And it just feels constantly like I'm not actually getting to know people. People actually just want that following. They just want that attention. They just, we're all trying to make little mini superstars out of each other. And I've never seen people be so young, become so famous for doing what, in my opinion, is not that miraculous. I don't Mm. know. Maybe that's shady. (laughs) Influencers are are strange. Even the word bothers me. Like you think of influencers, we think of just that, like people who influence our culture. But you think that word has so much power behind it. You know, and you think about people who have influenced our culture. Um, you know, strong characters fighting for, you know, equality and women's rights and racial issues. And now we're, this is people who are just like, buy my bronzer, use this curling iron, buy this fanny pack. It's like, um, Ooh, girl, girl, girl. Did you watch that, uh, that documentary about Fire Island? Like that music festival? Ooh, girl. I've heard about it. I've read some articles about it. I haven't watched the documentary. There were two, right? There was one on Netflix and one on Hulu. Yeah. And, um, but the thing that I found actually quite interesting is that people, when all was said and done, if people not, there was a music festival that turned out to be a sham. People were stranded. Um, a lot of people put a lot of money in. It was, it was horrible. I'm hoping this is old news to people. Look that up, Faya Island with a Y. 
But the thing was, is that when they were advertising, they got a lot of these Instagram uh, influencers to come spend some time on this island, post photos, and then on the day of the launch, had their Facebook tile just be this beautiful burnt orange. That's it. Just the orange to kind of stir up this this drumming mm. to get people to come. But of course, then it, it turned upside down. It was nothing people had thought. There was storms. Anyway, people are trying to sue these influencers and saying that they're responsible. And I'm like, these are children who are models and they have this title of influencers, but yet they're trying to be held accountable for the fraud that is this Fire Island. I just find that really interesting that we put, it's like I said, it's a lot of young people, models, makeup artists, um, some musical you know, people drop you know, DJs, things of that nature. We put that on them. And I'm just like, how, how do we do this? How are we giving so much power to these people online? It's crazy. Yeah. It's a weird world. And I find the people who I know in real life, in person, that are the most active on social media. Oftentimes, the better I know them, the more I see the disconnect between what they're presenting online and who they are and how their life is. Mm. And it, it becomes this cycle of having to overcompensate online, it seems like. Mm. These are the people who everything is like so great and I'm so happy and look how in love I am and like all these things. Like the people who are posting so much of that tend to be the most unhappy people, the roughest shit going on. But it's like, no, I'm just, you know, I'm putting this out there. It's like a fake it till you make it sort of situation, it seems like. People are talking about like social media becoming one of, not newest, but one of the things that are are, uh, going at the addictive level properties Mm. now. I mean, people just being hung up and changing themselves in order to get more likes and get more followers. Like people, I mean, I've seen it firsthand of people just being absolutely consumed with this particular platform. Actually, in getting prepared for the show, um, one of the things that have been talked about a lot now is this kind of, um, this rage of something that called um, blackfishing. Which mm-hmm. is this, this thing where predominantly, especially women who will be from white European descent will give themselves more ethnic features in mm-hmm. order to get more likes. Like that, that, that is, that is it. It is modern day blackface, in my opinion. And I know, uh, in 2018, there was a huge thing about, um, this particular one girl. What's her name? It's like Emma. What is her name? What's her last name? Like Hallback Halberg. She's Swedish. And, oh, uh, I saw her profile. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, Halberg. Um, if I mean, like I said, this has been in the news for a while. Um, but just basically talking about her transition from a fairly light skin. I mean, she's Swedish to someone you would not even recognize. Her hair texture is different. Her lips are fuller. Her skin is at least six to seven shades darker. And her like count is outrageous. Like the darker her skin tone gets, the more like she has. And the thing is, this particular girl got read to filth in the news, but she's not really the only one. I think she was the one that they were focusing on the most because of the transition. But a lot of people, especially on Instagram, are trying to do, they're trying to pass as mixed or pass as a person of color and it's it's a really dangerous place there yeah talking about emma in particular the quote is that she was quoted with saying was oh yeah i'm white and i never claimed to be anything else but it's like you look at her pictures and she doesn't look white and then you look at pictures from before she started this account and she looks like an entirely different person. It's very, very strange. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't know. (laughs) Well, yeah, well this particular person is like 
I just naturally tan that way. Honey, honey, no one naturally tans like that. And, and, and that, that's the thing that blows my mind. I know, um, Miss Ariana Grande has actually been accused of this. She is Italian, but you know, they've saying that she's progressive, just gotten darker and darker. And I'm like, well, no, Italians actually can get some fairly decent tan, but there's just been several other, even like big, wig celebrities that you can actually kind of see of course the kardashians all of them have been accused of this between hair textures lip plumpers deeper tans you're just kind of seeing this crest of where women are kind of going more towards ethnic features to get more likes but i i think people are not seeing the danger in it especially because it's underneath like the haven of oh this is beauty this is fashion. Makeup is supposed to be transformative. Like why, you know, she never, especially Emma, she never claimed to be black. She's not trying to be that way. I'm like, oh, but, but, but come on, you, you have to at least see it or you at least have to see the danger because this girl was featured on Instagram as like influential black beauty Instagrammers, but doesn't ever deny it. You know, she never yeah. says, oh, yeah. Like she's getting all the benefits without actually having to be like in the actual skin. Like she gets an option. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like she's going to get to live the experience, you know? Yeah. In most of these instances of black fishing, also, it's not just the makeup and the changing your appearance, but it's also the way of writing and talking uh, it seems very much like black culture. I don't know. It's it's very bizarre. And it, it's exactly what you're saying. The problem is, like we were talking about with cultural appropriation, is it's taking a thing that has been something that was looked down on or pointed out in a harmful way about people of color, particularly black people, and then taking it on yourself as something cool without having to experience any of the backlash for it. But girl, but that's the thing, though. At least with appropriation, as awful as it is, they're exploiting the culture and trying to claim it as their own. But mm. this... There was one um, like vlogger, he talked about like the difference between of what's going on here. And I actually thought he had a very valid point where this appropriation would be the culture and what we have attributed into our society. He goes, this is just straight up like racial modification or racial deception. Mm. And I thought that was so interesting because it's just like she, there's nothing about, it's literally the look. This is literally exploiting features of a woman of color you know it's it, there's nothing nothing deeper than that and i think there are some people who do out and play and try to pass and act and say they actually identify as someone of color in real life but i think even just with their persona their online persona it literally is just cashing on the looks of that and i feel like it's so you know, there's been a lot of people covering about the outrage and the hurt and that it's caused to women, especially darker women as well. But I actually, I've, I'm actually so in fear of these white girls. I'm actually like really afraid for them because you can see the escalation between going from filters, you know, how many filters can I use to styling? How can I style my hair? How can I dress a certain way? To start getting like lip fillers are becoming nothing. To go get your lips filled, go get your cheeks done, to getting surgeries, to getting really like ethnic plastic procedures done now, where it's starting to become a package deal, where it's like you can get, you know, butt implants and cheekbones here. And it's just the escalation that's actually really concerning, isn't it? It's concerning and confusing. Hmm. <laughs> Because they are incredibly popular and incredibly influential. And it's confusing because why why them and not mm -hmm. a black woman, mm -hmm. right? It's 
I mean, we know why, <laughs> but, but I, <laughs> <sighs> that is such a good question though. But like, I think it was, a, I think, a, but, but where does art and the freedom of that expression and like the deception appropriation of culture begins? Because that's where the two worlds have been fighting. It's like, where, where do those end? Because I know where my, my opinion, where it ends. Right. But, I think that's what we're having a hard time now. People still want that freedom to express themselves, but they're not seeing the damage that this is causing down the road. I don't know. It's on the, the other side. I don't know what I, what I'm expect. Well, I guess what I'm expecting from these people are (laughs) not to appropriate the way that somebody else looks is a way to, to build themselves up, to make themselves look like something that they're not is a way to build themselves up. That would be ideal, but they're doing it. So what is the solution? Like, should this say in their profile, like, I'm white. <laughs> I, don't- <laughs> I don't know. And, that, and that's the thing. It's just like and a, a lot of people were not in defense, but saying like, oh, but women of color can highlight their face to thin their nose and wear weaves. And I'm like, mm, I mean, I don't I don't think that a weave with straight hair is the same thing as these girls getting like lip plumpers and right. collagen in their face and purposely trying to give themselves afros. Like, I feel like we're not talking the same thing. Part of the difference is also we are indoctrinated from a very young age about what beautiful is. And it's a Eurocentric white view of what beautiful is. So it is not surprising that women of color use contouring on their face to appear more like the standard of beauty. Like, I think that's not surprising. So I don't find that a good comparison because Mm. trying to look like the standard of beauty in the society in which you live is not the same as a white woman trying to look black. Like, that's Mm. not the same thing to me. So it's appropriation versus assimilation. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's... That's what it is, I think. And and I don't like it. I don't like the assimilation. I want people to be comfortable in the skin that they're in and yeah. happy with their own faces. But I think it's more understandable to me, that mm-hmm. assimilation. And I think that's I think that's where my anger like it, my anger is like twofold. Because on one hand, I'm just like I'm actually really worried about these young women. And actually that's where like my my main concern is is like on top of you just go ahead and exploiting women of color, which it's like not surprised. Like that's been going on for like a long time. Right. That doesn't surprise me. This is just on a very main scale. But what worries me is that the extreme measure that these young women are going at such a young age in order to achieve this look that let me tell you, like this could be here today, gone tomorrow. Y'all getting your butts implanted with gel and silicone. Guess what? Big, big asses can be out in 10 years and you're stuck with that forever. I mean, a fat bottom should never go out of style. But <laughs> it's, but did you know what I mean? Like the things that they're doing to their body are permanent. And a lot of them, like a homegirl Emma's talking about, she's not doing some self-tanning. I'm like, either you need to get that checked out or you got Pinocchio syndrome. Like it's, and, but she's not the only one. People taking melanin tablets and spray tans and tanning beds in order to achieve that skin. And it's just one of those things where my heart breaks for them. And it's like, I'm glad you see the beauty in women of color, but I want you to find the beauty in yourself. You know, and I know it sounds cheesy, corny, but I'm really worried for them. And on all the other coin, I don't think they're realizing what they're doing to women who are actually mixed race and the position they're putting us in. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The other thing to consider is we live in a world of filters. You know, mm-hmm. all these social media platforms have filters that you can apply to your face. I know a few women who I know in person have known you know, like went to school with, have, have known for a very long time that only post pictures of themselves with Snapchat filters on their face, mm-hmm. on their Instagrams. 
Like they don't even look like them. And and yet like, those you're are not half a cat. Well, yeah, but also, <laughs> I mean, it's more dangerous than just like half a cat cuz these these filters change the shape of your face. They smooth your mm-hmm. skin, they change your eyes, they change your mouth, they change like all these things and it's it's generally like makes your eyes bigger, makes your face like shorter like less long and more like mm-hmm. not not even round but like it's it's once again more often than not the the pretty filters are making features more towards that ideal version of eurocentric beauty so but even that i don't feel like i'm like what european has eyes that large uh, do you know what I mean? And they they kind of bring in to give that egg shape kind of face. It feels more fictional. No, and that's the part that's upsetting. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And the most recent Snapchat filters that were like the pretty pretty men and pretty women filters that came out. <laughs> Like that were all yeah. over all of social media. Like I looked mm-hmm. so terrible with both of them. <laughs> like <laughs> my face is not meant to be contorted in that way. I did not make a pretty man. I did not make a pretty woman. It's just I, terrible. What? What? I I took Snapchat off my phone so long ago. I guess I need to like. I don't know if I want to dive back into that world. But I bet you were hot both ways, Dan. Oh, I was not. I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but Snapchat hates my face anyway because, in, in my theory, is because I don't have a very like Eurocentric looking face. Like my nose is too round, so it always thinks my nose is my mouth. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not laughing at you, but that's hilarious. <laughs> no, you should laugh at me because it's ridiculous. It's not me. <laughs> it's so Snapchat. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, we should write them a letter. But that, but isn't that insane? Like, even there's like standards of beauty. I think we talked about before, like before him. At least it was this, this European kind of. I knew where they were getting at. But now I'm like, whose is that? Like, even on Facebook, I had like you know filters. I'm like, who looks like this? Mm-hmm. Where are we getting these this this complete structure of a face that this is what's going to be deemed beautiful and it's it's damaging women and it's damaging women of color and it's really putting pressure on mixed women because now like I said it's been really great that this idea and black fishing is kind of being portrayed you know I, I was reading several articles and reaction videos but because there are these white women trying to portray as person of color they normally try to aim for someone who's mixed and they try to live Mm. in that world in that safety of the mixed net you know maybe no one will question me if i look just mixed enough but for us who are actually mixed (laughs) now we're i (laughs) that kind of leads us in a very dangerous place because i know in my own life i've been several shades depending on my life and where i've lived and the weight that i am I like, am I going to start coming underneath scrutiny just trying to pass for a certain race? <laughs> well, the answer is yes. <laughs> Sorry. Always. But the yeah, answer yeah, yeah. is obviously Always. yes. But mm-hmm. I, I just had to laugh when you're like, the safety of that mixed race net. <laughs> like, what mm-hmm. safety? It's the worst But for net. them it is. No. <laughs> but they get the net. They get the net. We don't get the net. That's the thing. Because people are not going to like, how, like, on Facebook or on Instagram, someone's going to have a photo and they kind of look, they, they look just ambiguous enough. Do you want to be the person that's been like, I don't think you look mixed. I think you're white. You get attacked for being racist. So they're like hiding behind that. But I feel like those of us are actually mixed. We get like ragged on all the time. I don't know. Maybe that's just my my perception. <laughs> but it yeah. is a pretty horrible safety net. <laughs> yeah, I have I have such mixed feelings about being mixed race online. Because I think on one hand, depending on where you are, it's nice that it's online. Because if it's mm-hmm. if it's like Reddit or somewhere where people aren't looking at your face, you can kind of own your experience in a way that a lot of times you'll get pushback in person because people look at you and expect you to look a certain way to be mixed race. Whereas online, if they're not seeing your face, 
they can just layer their own expectations of what you look like on you and accept you that way, if that makes Mm. sense. So I think in some ways it makes it easier to exist online, particularly as somebody who doesn't look like the race that I am. It's like easier for me to go online and be like, yeah, I'm, you know, Native American and Chicana and white. And this is who I am. And people have like an expectation of what I look like that is probably nothing like how I actually look, but they'll accept it. Whereas in person, Mm -hmm. I always get that pushback of like, oh, but I thought you were Asian. So, so in some ways, deal with the disappointment. Exactly. (laughs) In some ways, it's really liberating. But on the the flip side, like it's, it's the same thing I face in everyday life if my picture is somehow associated with me online. Because once again, there's the expectation that I'm Asian. And so it it becomes kind of unintentional Asian fishing. Is that a thing? Mm. Asian fishing just sounds like you're fishing in Asia. Um, yeah. Well, it also sounds doubly racist because you're saying Asian fishing. And so I'm like, <laughs> that just sounds like a double racist thing to say. But yeah, does I, that cancel each other out? I don't know. But I, I feel like it becomes an unintentional thing of people assuming I'm Asian. So how much do I need to overcorrect and say that I'm not? Right? Mm. I mean, I, I guess I it depends know. on the context of where it is. Have you ever been accused of Asian fishing before? I, I, th- I feel like we're trying to coin a term that's not going to work. No. That but is, have you actually has any? Yeah, it's not working. It's not working. <laughs> I haven't been accused of that. I definitely, you know, in person, I hear it a lot. And I have friends who are Asian, either from Asia, Asian American, Asian Canadian. And there have been points in my life where those are the majority of friends who I'm around and in public with. And so I kind of blend with them and they all find it hilarious uh but it's (laughs) it's strange to me that people look at me and would assume that i'm asian and then in a group of asians just it just reinforces it even more right so i've never Mm. been like straight out accused of it in that way but i definitely my my asian friends asian american friends asian canadian friends definitely (laughs) claim me as one of theirs they'll be like oh all of us asian girls and i'm like that's wait guys you do remember i'm not asian right yeah. and i've i've said like, that yeah. <laughs> several times and they're like oh danny you're so asian so i don't know it's it's a weird <laughs> but that's like out of respect for them you're just like i'm doing this for like you and also for me like you're proud of who you are yeah but also just been like you know there's like a certain walk of life and understanding, even with your amounts, knowledge and life experience that you still, you cannot walk in their shoes. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's just, it's really out of respect. And I love that you like, no matter what, been like, yeah, that's really, really nice. It's just like, you know, I mean, you know, in New Mexico, we've got, you know, white boys that were just like, oh no, you, you good, you good, you with us. But it's like, but you're not really, but you know, but you are, but you're also not really like there's still, you can be within the community and understand but there's still only so far you can go within that. And um, yeah, that, that one's complicated. That is super complicated. I don't know. Do you ever, you actually, I really love the point of like how far online do you need to go? Do you need to like wear a t-shirt that says not Asian right. like on, on your Facebook or is it just, how much is it just that's people's perception and that's their issue, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm not, well, maybe I would wear a shirt that says not Asian. <laughs> actually, kind of, dang it, I just kind of ruined your Christmas. Actually, your birthday's coming up. That's dang true. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I am happy to correct people, but I don't know. I'm not going to write on my profile, not Asian. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's like the appropriate level and what's the appropriate answer because it's also it's also the you know I should be able to just be comfortable once again with how I look 
and mm-hmm. have that as part of my identity. Like I look the way that I look and it's on you that you perceive that is Asian when it's not. That's not me. That's what you're putting on me, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I shouldn't have to change my appearance for you to perceive me as who I am. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's what I was talking about with the danger of being mixed race online is that I've seen, you know, bloggers, Instagrammers who are indeed mixed and then they get that flack. They get the black fishing or, you know, you're trying to assimilate to another culture when they're like, actually, I am. I'm light skin this or I'm dark skin that. And the fact that people have to justify that. So we have this group of people who are actually you know, mixed race trying to just live their life, represent the way that they want to. Because once again, you're asking like people want authenticity on social media. something that's not built upon reality <laughs> that people are screaming out to that. But yet there's this whole other section of people who have built their foundation of following upon the exploitation mm-hmm. of a group that's actually being oppressed for just trying to be who they are. It's such a weird conundrum. You know, it's it, it's a weird, weird phenomenon to where me, as someone who is a fairly dark, mixed person, I'm actually really worried about how I actually come off online of, you know, hairstyles or as the, this particular lighting or did I do my makeup a certain way? I feel like I'm hypercritical of how I am perceived because I, it, either way, I feel like I'm going to get slack for it. And um, I've definitely seen it for people who are, are fair skin. And it's it's just so damaging. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's definitely white privilege to not be concerned about how you're coming off uh, online. And I think, you know, I think even people of color who are very clearly, like very clearly black or very clearly Chicana or very clearly Asian, like they're, even they are like, probably a little concerned about like oh but am i am i coming off as too black like am i coming off as like too chinese like people i think are are concerned about that and i think Mm. those of us who are mixed race have that but amplified because it's we have to worry about the balance of what we are and and how that's coming how that's presenting to people how are they taking it are they going to accuse us of black fishing are they going to accuse us of trying to be something that we're not so much baggage and it's what we have already been experiencing in person we also experience online and we experience it in an amplified way because people are meaner online <laughs> than in Girl, person. It is a free for all. Exactly. So we know the pushback is going to be worse and very, very mean online. So we have to be very aware of how we're presenting. Girl, I feel like every day online is like reliving the purge. Like, seriously, I do. I for real feel like it is just like a feeding frenzy of just like angst and depression. It was actually like re-researching black fishing. Um, I was writing a post like, you know, it was kind of coined from catfishing, like the, the TV show where you know, someone pretends to be somebody else online. Well, I think catfishing was a term before that TV show. Yeah. Was it or, like beforehand? They just kind of like amped it up. Yeah. Um but it's it's just it's so creepy and just so dangerous and i was reading the statistics on it and i'm like people are savage man like what people were doing is so damaging to each other i'm like people would not do this in real life but as soon as you get them behind a computer people manipulating and and lying and stringing people along i'm like this is so malicious and then it's like, well, I'm doing, I'm, I'm lonely. I was neglected or I don't fit in. I'm bored. It's like, sometimes it's the worst of humanity. I was just completely like just gobsmacked. I was just so shocked. I'm just, there's something about being behind that screen that brings out the absolute savagery in a human being. And if I was a psychologist, I would like dedicate like what is that is it it can't just be like the anonymity that makes it that releases us from that i don't know girl i don't even know i we don't even have time for that we could be here all day trying to figure that 
It's true. I yeah, I've read a few articles about just that that phenomenon of people being meaner on the internet and I think it is the anonymity but also it's almost like a drug. It's a release. Mm. Like you get that release, that feeling of power on the internet and then you just keep doing it. Mm, girl. Ugh. It's a dumpster fire and I <laughs> I hate it and I love it and girl it's here to a dumpster stay. fire. It's dangerous but it also keeps you warm. Like it's it's like one of those things. I don't know. It's I like think a dumpster she- fire outside of McDonald's and they just keep like pouring the grease on it. It's like never in front go of out. a Walmart. So it smells extra bad and it's really dangerous and it's just it's a necessary evil and you hate yourself for doing it. And, you know, you hate everybody around you, but you're obviously a part of it. I don't know. We're part of the machine, Danny. We are. Should we should we get mad at the Internet? I mean, we've been mad at the Internet, but let's let's continue. (laughs) Let's continue to get mad at the Internet. Let's just stay at this level for our new segment. We are mad at the internet, as always. We had a lot of contenders mm. this week. We decided <laughs> we to go so many, so many. We decided to go with something that was less making us mad and more making us very confused. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah. Like, so this is a yeah. meme um, from mm-hmm. Facebook. Uh, the it was originally, as far as I can tell, posted by the Libertarian Rifle Association. So we we already know where we're going with this, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, I am not just a follower, but a founding member. I'm just <laughs> obviously. <laughs> All right. Obviously. So it's a picture of some big old fucking rifle <laughs> that no one has Jeanette. any business shooting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Surrounded by a rainbow flag, and Mm -hmm. it says, if a bigot attacks you in your home, it shouldn't matter if your rifle has a 16-inch barrel or a 12-inch one. Support LGBT rights. Repel the National Firearms Act. I am... I'm so confused. Like... And then I, once again, what you shouldn't do is scroll through the comments. Yes, yes. But here's my favorite comment (laughs) is Mm. an image of some guy who I don't know who it is. And then the text on it says, checkmate liberals. (laughs) I don't understand how that's checkmate. I'm like so confused about all of this. My favorite is someone who is like holding a gun. With the shirt with the peak triangle says, armed gays don't get bashed. Like, this is horrible. Like, I'm so, how are you, are they trying to market it for gay pride in order? Happy Pride Month. I don't. Yeah, I don't understand whatsoever. And so, you're right, I'm, I'm so confused. But the thing is, this thing has like... 2,000 shares, over 700 little feeling emoji things, over 70 comments. It's like, obviously, they get it. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, they get it. And so, and they they love it. And I know some libertarians who are very level-headed, but I don't understand this whatsoever. (laughs) Like, maybe I don't love guns. Maybe if I loved guns. Like, I feel like it's a gun thing. Yeah. I So the National Firearms Act is basically originally was a, a, a tax on mm-hmm. making or transferring firearms that are defined in this act. Like they define yes. firearms, I guess, mm-hmm. as rifles having a barrel less than 18 inches and shotguns and other weapons. Um that it defines what a firearm is versus other weapons, I suppose. So it 
it makes a tax on that. Mm -hmm. And then it also requires the registration of these firearms with the secretary of the treasury originally. So that's, that's what this is. Mm -hmm. And the, the $200 tax on this has not been changed since 1934. So this tax has stayed the same, which is Mm -hmm. insane to me that this is which not is ridiculous um but yeah, so that's what the national started. firearms act is and so they want to repel that to support lgbt rights i don't uh, 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 yeah uh, i don't understand and then like you said as it would like the, the 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 inching of a bear like i don't it's one of those things of like i get what you're saying but here's the thing if you're going to say something ridiculous and also exploit a movement in order to further your own cause, you need to be precise. You've lost me. Like I'm, I'm mad that this isn't more clear. It's confusing. And like, Shh, I want to, I want to be mad at you and not, not confused. <laughs> They're making me lose my voice. Cause I'm really upset. That if you're going to exploit something, do it well and do it concisely more precisely <laughs> it's yeah. wordy it's clunky and it's a horrible picture of a gun and i don't like guns but yeah. <laughs> like, I re- here we go let me retort that i respect guns i had a household where there was guns i respect them and this is disrespectful there we go arming gays apparently they're they're caring apparently I have no clue. I'm so confused. I just find the whole thing so baffling and so confusing. I don't, I don't, I'm not angry. I'm, I'm very confused. Mm. Well, so we, yeah, should we not, we know, let's not give them any more of our time then. Life is already confusing enough. Do you know, we don't need that in our life. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know if I want to post that to our Instagram because I don't want to further the confusion. No, I mean, we described it. I'm sure you can. I think you did a good job describing it. <laughs> we can, you can find it should you look. And probably like 80 million other memes that are similar to it and equally baffling. Mm-hmm. No, we don't need that in our life. No. Should but. we uh, move on to our, our happy places? Yeah, you know, I think that's exactly what we need after that. <laughs> what What is your happy place this week, my friend? All right, my happy place is a pretty specific happy place this week. Oh, I'm so excited. And I should say that I have some, some minor spoilers for a movie <laughs> that came out on Netflix, Always <gasps> Be My Maybe, which is the new <gasps> Ali Wong okay. and Randall Park movie. <gasps> Please tell me it's super crazy cute. Um, a, it, I'm not. I, is it crazy cute? I fucking loved it. I'm not a romantic <gasps> comedy person, but I really. You just talked about this. I know. You don't like romantic comedies. I don't like romantic comedies. But, you know, once again, in that name of lifting up people who are not white Hollywood making movies, I had to watch this movie. Yeah, so, obviously. I was going to totally message you about it. I'm so excited. Yeah. But I didn't think you were going to watch it because it was a rom-com. I know. I don't like romantic comedies, but my husband does. And so <laughs> I was like, we should watch this movie because it's a romantic comedy. You'll enjoy it. And it's not white Hollywood, so I'll enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> um, Date night? Yeah. So this is minor spoilers. So skip ahead if you if you know nothing about this movie and you live under a rock. But... <laughs> So Keanu Reeves is in this movie playing himself. He's like the only white person who's a a supporting character in this movie. So Keanu Reeves plays himself. It was like a douchey version of himself. And Randall Park's character punches him in the face. (laughs) So my happy place is during the end credits of the movie, Randall Park's character is a, a rapper like in a band and he raps in this movie and the end credit song is Randall Park rapping about punching Keanu Reeves in the face. (laughs) It's everything. I love it so much. It's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. So I thought Keanu was a mixed kid. Oh, he might be mixed. I don't know. I don't know like anything about him. Okay, wait, I'm, I, now I have to Wikipedia it. But still, I mean, yeah. 
All right. Okay. His mother is English and hails from Essex. Oh, did not know that. His father is an American from Hawaiian, is of Chinese Hawaiian, English, Irish, and Portuguese descent. Okay. So he's, he's mixed. His dad is mixed, it sounds like. My bad. Sorry, yeah. Keanu. My goodness. Let's see. My, I said my grandmother's Chinese Hawaiian, so I was around Chinese art, furniture, and cuisine when I was growing up. Oh, look at him. Okay. Go ahead, Keanu. Awesome. Maybe I, that's why, maybe I love, that's, I love that we can claim Keanu is in our mixed kid club <laughs> because the internet loves him. Like, is there a celebrity that the internet loves more than Keanu Reeves? No, no. I dare to say, I. you know how we talked about, like, like the first couple, like, actual memes? I think he was the first celebrity, like, that got memed a lot. Yeah, and he and he just took it on the chin. He just took it, and and he wasn't like like there's some celebrities who take it and then like go on SNL and do like a sketch about it. Like that's not him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't capitalize on his memes. He's just like, okay, no. that's fine. And he's like yeah. so humble. Everyone loves Keanu. Yeah, he's yeah, he's like I'm sad Keanu, and like just does his life, and like thank you. I don't, you know what? Because he was the last samurai, wasn't he? Which actually made me kind of grumpy. He but was. I'm like, you know what? Wasn't he in the movie? It wasn't the last that uh, Tom Cruise? No, Christian Bale. Or was it? Dang, are we mixing up our white actors? I think it was oh, Tom Cruise, Cruise, wasn't it? Oh, dang it! No, you might be right. Oh, internet. I've only seen <laughs> part of The Last Samurai, and it was on a bus in Japan. <laughs> that is amazing, and you're uh, totally yes. right. It was Tom Cruise. It was Tom Cruise. That is. That is amazing. We need like we need a third unicorn just to look up all the stuff that we get. Yes. Wrong. So so anyway, even if you have no interest in this movie, you should listen to this song. I'm pretty sure you could just look up Randall Park <laughs> Keanu Reeves song and it'll come up. <laughs> it's amazing. I'm looking so forward to this. Like I don't even care. I have, like I will listen to it. After no we finish recording, we're going to listen to it together so that I can hear your your reaction to it. Okay, I think we have to. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, I'm so excited to watch that now. It's got the Danny seal of approval, so I'm I'm pumped for it. It's great. Also, <laughs> I want all of Ali Wong's glasses in this movie to the point that Dude. I I tried to look up where her glasses were from, and my favorite pair is $600. So it's not going to happen, <gasps> but <laughs> I love her glasses Girl, in this movie. We need to get that knockoff goodness. Maybe that's what we should probably just like dedicate our time of trying to find the cheapest knockoffs for them. Yeah. So what's your happy place, Tamika? Um, my happy place is is really like a bit of a bummer, but my favorite, my happy place is antibiotics. <laughs> I've been really sick. And so um, a lot of people are like very anti-antibiotics, which I normally, it's the last that I try to go as long as I possibly can without them. And, um, but I'm really thankful for them. So that is my happy place because I have been so stupid, crazy sick. But like I said, day three on antibiotics, I guarantee by tomorrow I'm going to wake up and sound less sexy than I do now. So everyone say goodbye to the deep, sexy voice. Can't have it all. Can't have it all. <laughs> no, no, no. She can't have a, a round bum and a sexy voice. You only get one. Um, so yeah, I know it sounds really silly, but I'm actually, I'm just like really thankful that I'm just getting like relief and starting to feel um, somewhat better and it like I said it sounds like a crazy downer but it is an upper like all the pills I'm taking <laughs> it's just I'm just like so excited to like be able to like eat and drink water without being hellaciously sick or my throat being on fire so I'm like yes score one for Demika victory take that immune system <laughs> oh Demika well I hope you feel better soon I think I'm going to feel better after listening to that rap. Uh, like, obviously, I think I, I think, think that should be everyone's happy place. I think I think I'm good. Yeah, definitely. Listen to a guy rapping about punching Keanu in the face. So there's I mean, that. Who doesn't love Randall <laughs> Park? Also, 
I love I think it's just Randall a Park. really good cast. I'm I'm really I saw I keep seeing like the advertisement on Netflix and I'm just like it's just like refreshing. I'm like, oh, we're so close, aren't we? Like we're just so close of maybe getting our lives together as far as like representation in movies and TV. So close. Yes, but no. I mean, it wasn't a movie it was a movie that Randall Park and Ali Wong had to write in order to be in. So I said closer. <laughs> Girl, I didn't say we arrived. Wrong color people time, even during that. Like, that's going to take time. <laughs> I know. All right. But one day. One day. One day. And such realistic characters. Oh, you're going to really like it. They're just like. Oh, I'm so excited. They're just realistic characters. It's wonderful. I think my favorite character is um, is Randall Park's character's dad. Uh, and it's not oh. just because he has the name of a Star Trek character. Okay. All right. No more spoilers. Okay. I'm done. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, like, we, should, yeah. we should wrap it up. We probably should. If you have a question or a topic that you would like us to cover in an upcoming episode, you should let us know. You can do that by mm -hmm. either emailing us, we're biracialunicorns at gmail.com, or sending us a message through any of our beloved social media sites. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at biracialunicorns. You can find us on Twitter at biracial magic yes and uh thank you so much for deli pop art for our amazing art thank you so much for citizens of tape city for our amazing intro music uh thank you again to nicole for your uh suggestion we always appreciate it so much uh next week next tuesday we will have our mini episode so please uh tune in for that and yeah, we will look forward to chatting again very soon. Yes, we'll be back in two weeks with a full episode. So in the mm. meantime, follow, like, subscribe, tell your friends about the show, and we'll be back soon. Peace. Out.